الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على بينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم This is a brief and short reminder um, about death and the reality of death and the preparation for that moment Now we are, we are in strange times, we are in difficult times Times where um, literally we are hearing many, many news of people we know that are directly, indirectly uh, of people dying. Uh, I can't remember in my own life um, hearing of so many deaths, so much death occurring in such a, such a short space of time and the year's only begun. <clears throat> and what better time that to remind and reflect on death than now, when literally we are ordered to stay in our homes in order to protect ourselves from death. So as Muslims, death is not something which is foreign to us, not something which is we should avoid. Rather, death is something we should um, embrace, uh, acknowledge, and prepare for. If there was no threat or worry of death or the end then definitely we would be, you would find more heedlessness and more disobedience from mankind this is the reality of of mankind we have to have some kind of motivation to bring about any kind of action so that that motivation could either be in the form of reward where Allah will say um if you do this, then this would be your reward for you. Or it would be in the case of a threat of punishment that if you were to do this act that you're not allowed to do, then you will be punished. So we are constantly in a state of, you could say, uh, being pushed in one direction, or I could say motivated to be pushed in one direction and motivated to be repelled from another direction. and what solidifies and makes all of that a reality is death. Unless we die, none of those threats would really mean anything because you can always just live forever. We can just continue what we're doing. There has to be an end game. There has to be a point in time where we finish and where that finish um, leads us to um, an account, an account whereby we measure our worth have we done good have we done bad have we earned profit in our lives in terms of um, benefited or have we left or, or, have we, or have we amounted to khusran and as an interesting um, reality about al-islam as i say islam is a religion of of truth a religion of reality it speaks to the heart it speaks to the the individual um in a manner that they understand and recognize and doesn't speak to an individual in terms of fantasies. Some religions uh, and ideologies are fantasy religions, as in they give you a vision of how they would like the world to be. They don't give you a vision of how the world actually is. Islam gives you reality check. It tells you this is how it is, and this is how human beings function, how the world functions. And from the way in which human beings function is essentially like a trade. And that's why I find many, many, many examples in the Quran where the use or the analogy of trade in our lives comes into play. 
والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر by the time mankind is in a state of خسران and خسران is um, a uh, a loss in trade so either you can make ribsh profit or you can make خسران which is a loss in trade or another verse of Allah says وَفَمَا رَبِحَتْ تِجَارَتَهُمْ and their tijara didn't bring about any fruits and this is in reference to the munafiqun and what they had done so their actions in their lives didn't bring about any tijar any ribsh ma rabihat it didn't bring about any ribsh so it's in both ways both way, one way aspect is that the quraysh they were traders the early muslims they were traders they were businessmen and that is at the essence and at the core of al-islam is to to view things in a transactional manner and this is essentially what we have right here death is the end of the contract you have been given an, an, a, a period of time to do work and at the end of the contract we're now going to assess that work have you brought about ribsh profit have you brought about something for yourself or have you led yourself to khusrah and you bet the house on the horse and you've lost and the horse lost the race so we need to we want to take some a short reflection on some verses of the Quran to bring to light this reality. And this is the first ayah we begin with. Every nafs will taste death. This is a reality. This is the, the, the reality of all organisms, all life. It will at some point die. And verily, you will be recompensed, you will be given your full compensation, your full reward for your, what you have earned, for your trade, for your life that you have earned. So whoever is drawn away from, drawn away from the hellfire, and is entered, entered into hell, into paradise, then he has faz, he has been, he has won, he has won the competition, not competition, he has won, uh, be successful, you could say. He has attained what he wanted to attain. And the life of this dunya is only a deceptive matar, enjoyment. So matar, interesting word used, matar. If I'm going on a journey, I travel, and I travel somewhere far, I would use, uh, I would pack my matar, I would pack my, my provision for that journey. And Allah is saying that pretty much this is what life is. We go day in and day out, we work, we try and earn the necessary coins, the necessary income to acquire and build up our matar. But this matar, this provision is, is is a deception. We perceive that it will do something for us. But as Allah says, What his mal, his wealth he has acquired, Abu Lahab, his wealth he has acquired and right now, and also the wealth he can later, uh, and what he also has earned, kasaba, has benefited him, won't benefit him. So this is why this matar, these things in the dunya that we can acquire is deceptive. Because you think and you perceive that you have something, but in reality you don't. 
The only thing you really have and really own are your actions. This is literally what you own. You only own what your hands have produced in your actions, your good deeds, in your record. That's why we know the very famous hadith, three things follow the deceased. So one returns, or so one remains with the deceased whilst the other two return. So he mentions that his, his wealth and his family, they follow him and they return back, but his actions, they remain with him. So we see here that the real earnings, the real earnings is the earnings of the akhirah, the earnings of good deeds. And this is why reflecting on death helps you to put into perspective what is what have I actually earned? I've done this, I've done this, this trade, this business transaction like for a while now. What have I done? What is my balance sheet saying at the moment? It's not looking too good. I need to earn some more good deeds. Another, again, I'm repeating the Quran. Again, another verse, every nafs will taste death. Death. <coughs> And we will test you with good and bad. I said, we will be tested in our wealth with good things and with bad things. And this is why I often say to people, I don't like it. I don't like it when people say that this thing here is a punishment and this thing here is a reward. And this thing here, what have I done wrong to get this? Because by doing so, we are assuming we know Allah's intentions in doing X, Y, Z. Maybe the reason why you never got that job was because it was bad for you, not a punishment for you, but maybe because it's just bad for you. Part of being Muslim is having husnul billah, having good thoughts about Allah and being self-reflective. So self-reflective means that you look at your actions, we judge our actions, um, and if you find our actions lacking, we return to Allah. And especially in times of, of tragedy and musibah, maybe, the tragedy we are dealing with is a punishment and maybe it's a reminder to come back to Allah's obedience. We don't know, but we take these moments to reflect and return to Allah. We are now on lockdown. We can't go here, there or anywhere. We can't do what we need to do. We can't go to our favorite place to get our burgers and chips and, and have, the, the, uh, have a time out with our friends. We are under house arrest. Some may say, what have I done to deserve this? Some people are losing their jobs, losing their income. What have I done to deserve this? Maybe not. Maybe you haven't done anything to deserve it. Maybe it is a test for you to see how if you, if you have patience. And maybe it's a means for you to attain that place in Jannah that your action on its own won't take you there. <coughs> and to us, you will be returned. Allah is reminding us again. To Allah, you will return. You will die and you will return to Allah and your account will be drawn up. And when the sword is blown into it one time, as in this is the horn, that there is an angel, he's created for that one purpose, to blow in that horn. And when that horn is blown, that will be the end for everyone, not just those who have passed away, but also those who were still alive at the time. So when the nafkha is, is nufikh, when the horn is blown once, and the earth and the mountains will be lifted. They'll be lifted up. This is talking about and describing the end of mankind, the end of 
creation. Uh, and they'll be in one blow leveled. This is destruction. We think of mountains as being stationary fixed pillars, but on that day, they become like dust. And on that day, the event will occur. The event that Allah has promised us, an event that we all know will occur. And hopefully, hopefully everyone is benefiting from COVID in the sense that we are witnessing something we never expected would ever happen in our lifetimes. So as much as what we are witnessing now, we never, if, you, if I told you um, two, three months ago this would happen, no one would believe me. But now we're witnessing it. So likewise, there are things that are far greater than just a virus that we will witness or that, that will happen. And then the heavens will be split apart. On that day, it will be what was supposed to be, to be, to be strong will be wahia, be weak. And the angels on the edges uh, that will be that will be that will they will be carrying the arsh, the throne of the of your Lord. Uh, but above them, uh, and there will be eight of them who will be doing that. And on that day, the individuals, all of us, will be made available, made apparent, to be shown, and nothing on that day will be hidden from, from Allah. This is a reminder that doesn't, doesn't matter what you do, imagine, again, continuing on that same analogy, imagine you're running a business and you're doing the accounts. While you're doing the accounts, you can massage the numbers, you can add this here, you can add that there, because no one's watching you doing those accounts. You can present a book, you can present a balance sheet, and you can make it look good. But on that day of judgment, your balance sheet will be presented to you, and nothing will be hidden. There'll be no transaction you can hide. There'll be no losses that you can cover off and, and manipulate. Everything will be there and laid bare. <laughs> And as for those who be given their hand in their right, I'm not sure it's coming out in your video if, if the videos will flip time, but this is my right. As for those who be given their account, their rec their balance sheet, their record of account, as for those who be given to them in their right hand, they would say, take. They will take to their friends and others because they're so happy with their balance sheet, they're so happy with their account. They say, look, take this account because they want others to read it verily i had surety i will be meeting my hisab and this is one of the few examples where vanna does not arabic where vanna has a meaning of ayqana has a meaning of yaqeen not i i i not i thought or i believe but i knew this is surety i was sure that i was going to meet my hisab my account again the same um the same theme of finance i knew that i was going to meet my hisab my account for and he will be in a pleasant or living in a pleasant life in a in a garden which is high and its fruits, although the Jannah will be extensive and thick, 
hence why it's called Jannah. Jannah means a not just a garden, not just a bustan, but a garden which is so thick that the soil, the ground, cannot be seen past the canopy. Thick. So this Jannah, it's quduf, it's fruits would be done. Yeah? It would be easy. You could just you could just pick them. You have to climb a tree to get the fruits. It'd be something just raise your hand and grab. That would be part of the reward for those who did well. Kulu wa eat and drink. Hanita, eat and drink and in merriness and be in be in being good and pleasant. Bima aslaftum fil ayamil khalia. Due to what you had, aslaftum, what you had done. We heard what salafi. I am salafi. He is salafi. This is the salaf. I those who came before. So this is you will receive. This will be told to be in Jannah, and you'll be said, eat and drink. Bima aslaftum, what you had done before. Fil ayam al in the days past. So it's again, this is a description of what what the believers and those who do righteous deeds are waiting for. This is the, the true account. That will be the reward for your, that will be, you could say, your profit from your tijara. Your profit from your trade. But as for those who be given their account in their left hand, those given their account in their left hand, and this idea of giving the accounts in the right hand and the left hand is a descriptive manner referring to um, the state of the believer and the disbeliever. As you know, in Islam, the bad things we tend to do with our left and the good things we try to do with our right. It doesn't mean that people left-handed are bad. As for those who are given their account in their left hand, and they would say, if only I had not been given my account, they would wish they would not see this thing. They would wish that it would be missing. Just like a person who has to do his tax returns and his account looks so bad and he knows he's going to get in trouble. What can he do? He can burn his records and say, I'd lost them. Okay. He wish he would never have them. He can somehow hide them and get rid of them. He wants to hide the best account who can try and hide all his misgivings, all his misdoings. But in this day, that won't be the case. You will be, be given your full account and nothing will be hidden. And on that day, you would wish you were not was given your account. Well, I'm editing my hisabia. And I have no idea what my account, what this would lead this lead me to it. I dread. I dread what this account would lead to be. Yeah, later her kanatilkadia. If only this was the final end. If only this could literally please be the end. If only this could just act this. Be nothing. As I said earlier on, my wealth, all the things I did acquire, which I perceived had value, has no, no real value. It is, as you said before, it's deception. I thought it was going to be something, but now I see the reality of it. It means nothing. My sultan, my authority, all that I felt which I had, my influence, it's gone, it's finished. It'll be said, grab him, shackle him. Then in hellfire, in jaheem, burn him. 
ثم في سلسلة ذرعها سبعون ذراعا تسلكوه then you'll be chained in shackled in chains that will be this silsila sab'un dhira' and as in, as those who may, may know in the past of the tan master Allah they used to measure things not in meters and yards but in body mass so a dhira' is from here to here so dhira' so that even to this day in Saudi Arabia they do the same kind of thing they measure they say this this much this much they measure by a person's hand. This is approximation. And I guess that's where you get feet from. Five foot, ten foot. I guess it's the, the span of the normal foot. So you used to measure things, distance, with body parts. But also you used to measure distance in time. So they might say, he's, he is 10 minutes down the road. He is 50,000 years. I can have anything. I know I mentioned distance is 50,000 years. As in, if you was to travel that distance, if it would take you that long to travel it at a normal pace. So this also, may also measure things <coughs> like that. <laughs> what was the state of this person who received his account in his left hand, who was shackled and burnt in hellfire and wrapped in chains that is 70 dhirar in length? What was his reason? What was, the, what was his crime? <laughs> he never used to believe in Allah. The most great. And he never used to encourage feeding the miskin. And he will not have any helpers, any help, any friends, friends on this day to help him out. In this life, in this dunya, no matter how bad things go, someone, somewhere will and can help you. Whereas on that day, no one will help you. Hence what Allah has mentioned many times that a person will remain in hellfire. Allah mentions khalidan fiha. Whereas when it refers to being uh, reign in paradise, Allah mentions khalidina fiha. And if it's being a plural singular. So Allah has been, Allah, the scholars have mentioned that the reason why Allah said that they will remain in hellfire in the singular is because Allah will punish you on your own. As if you are the only one who's been punished. As if everyone meant the Jannah except you. You have no one around you. No one will be able to share in your punishment. It's just you. And that's what makes difficulty or any kind of punishment uh, greater when you have to suffer that punishment alone. Hence why they're even talking right now about this self-isolation as causing suicide because people are isolated and they feel alone. And that isolation on its own is punishment. Whereas on re whereas reward, the best way to enjoy your reward is with those whom you love. And that's why it's so difficult sometimes a person might receive something good and they can't share it with someone that makes that good even, even almost like a punishment. Imagine having millions of pounds and there's no one to share it with. <clears throat> And they will not have any food in hellfire except ghislin, which is pus from, a, from a, a, a discharge from a wound. And those, not only those who are khati' will be in aspiration, who eat it. And Sheikh Muhammad Masalli Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, 
mentioned that Allah called them the khati' and never called them the mukhti'. Those who might know the word khata means mistake. But there is a difference, difference between a mukhti', someone who makes a mistake unknowingly by accident, a khati' is someone who does so deliberately. He knows what he's doing, but yet he does it. And we may ask ourselves, who, who the heck does that? Who, who does wrong and knows he does wrong? Those who Allah has, the messengers come to them and they chose otherwise. Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Every one of the children of Adam will go to paradise except those whom refuse. And who will refuse, O Messenger of Allah? And he said, and Messenger of Allah, Allah replied, Whoever obeys me will enter paradise. And whoever has disobeyed me has refused. This hadith establishes a fact that we are accountable for our deeds and we be punished for that which we do. There is no removal of agency in this dunya. You will be fully accountable for what you do. You will not bear the sin of someone else. You will bear your own sin and you will take full responsibility for that. So these those people who chose the path that leads to hellfire, they are definitely, definitely the khati on those who made mistake, knowing their mistake. They had the opportunity to choose so, and they chose otherwise. So, to come to a conclusion and come to an end, how do we best prepare for judgment? The first thing we need to do, and the primary thing we need to do, is purify our hearts and our actions from a shirk. Now, it may seem very simple. I don't worship idols. I don't worship idols, so where's the shirk in that? I don't have any idols. What, what, what shirk is that? However, we need to remember that al-ikhlas, sincerity, is, 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 is deep. Sincerity is not just lip service. Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. It's not just saying the shahada and that's it. Sincerity is saying something, believing what you say, and acting upon it because acting upon what you say is a manifestation of what's inside. So if a person believes in the shahada, believes in Allah, but does not do what he, the, the shahada entails, how much does he really have conviction and belief in what he is saying and doing? So from sincerity is to worship Allah alone, even if someone didn't know you were doing so. And that's actually why this Ramadan will be a very unique one. We will, most, most of us won't have tarawih in the masjid. So how many of us will even do tarawih or try to do something now that no one's looking at us? Now that no one knows you've gone to the masjid, how many of us will still try our best to do at least two raka'ah of tarawih during, Ramadan, during this Ramadan? This is where a lot of isolation or worshiping Allah alone is the great revealer. And that's why, for what, that's why Allah describes the fast as saying, this is me. 
because it's, it's something that you can't exhibit, they can't necessarily show and exhibit to others what um, you are doing. So sincerity is very important. Sincerity to Allah and Allah alone is the first of four, the, the, the forefront of all the things we can do to prepare for the hereafter. In Allah, Allah does not forgive that one does shirk with him, but he forgives those less than that to whom he wills. So all of those people out there who pray because others pray, and if others weren't looking at them, they would not pray. Fear Allah in yourself. Worship Allah because Allah deserves to be worshipped, and not worship Allah because Allah tells you to do so. Those outside, those of you who give sadaqah because others are doing sadaqah, give sadaqah because Allah knows what you're doing and Allah rewards you for what you're doing because you've done so sincerely for Allah's reward, not for the people's um, recognition. And for those of you who hold a fast, just so no one doesn't criticize you and critique you and say, why are you eating, brother? It's Ramadan. Fear Allah in yourself because know that Allah is one who rewards, not the people. And if you do your acts of worship for the people, you might as well not do it at all. It turns out to be worse for yourself. And I'll conclude, Raish, and I'll draw a close. Very quickly, I'll just read you the hadith. There's not, this hadith leaves no explanation. It, you can, I could spend hours explaining it, but there's no need for explanation. In the first of people who be brought forward on their judgment, it be a man who died shaheed. And it will be made known to him his favors Allah gave to him, and he would acknowledge them. What did you do with these lessons Allah gave you? The opportunity that Allah gave you? I fought until I died. Allah will reply, You lied. You only fought in jihad so that it be said, he's brave. And it was said, this person is brave. So he be ordered to be dragged on his face until he's thrown into hellfire. He went out and he sought knowledge. And he taught knowledge and he recited the Quran. And he brought forward, it will be made known to him Allah's favors upon him, the opportunities Allah gave to him. MashaAllah, he was able to study in XY University, study with XY Sheikh, and he was, he was memorized Quran when he was young. MashaAllah, Allah gave him opportunity. And he acknowledged those blessings. What did you do with these blessings? He would reply, with confidence and with boast. I sought knowledge and I taught that knowledge and I recited the Quran for your sake, ya Allah. Allah will say, You lied. He only sought knowledge, so it be said, he is an alim. 
and he only uh, 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 and he only read the Quran so if he said he's a reciter and it was said so he'll be ordered to be and be thrown dragging his face and his help and dragging his face until he's thrown into hellfire and a man who Allah opened up to him all avenues of the dunya in wealth. He had money. He had money. And and he will be made known, Allah will be known to him his favors and he acknowledged what did he do with this, what was given to him? And he will say, ما تركت من سبيل تحب أن ينفق فيها إلا أنفقت فيها لك. I didn't leave any path that you love money to be spent in, except Ya Allah, I spent money in that cause for your sake. قال كذبت. Allah will say you have lied. ما فعلت إلا ليقال جواد. You only did so so it be said. He is generous. And it was said he was generous. The people acknowledged it, but he was not the case. So he be ordered to drag on his face until he be thrown into hellfire. Sincerity, 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 ya ikhwan. This is the challenge. Can we act as we need to act for the right reasons? and for the right purpose. I'm not sure if there's any questions. I think, how does the questions work on this thing? I was told we've got some questions and answers. How do I know if there's any questions? Oh, there's one here, I think. Okay. What's the strongest opinion on using beads? I think it's referring to Tasbih beads. Um, so, um, from what I understand, um, some ulama have said that if using it purely for the purpose of counting, then it's not a problem because um, you're not worshiping Allah. In that regards, in that you worship Allah with the dhikr, not with the hand movement you do. However, um, I lean towards the, the description or the, the idea that we've already been given in the sunnah a means to count the dhikr, which is the anamil, unmullah. Subhanallah, 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 15. Sufficient. We have 15 pieces in our hand, and that's sufficient. Do this twice, you got 30, it's sufficient. There is no need to purchase beads. And I can't see a reason why one would need to use beads when you have your hand. Now, some say I can I can keep track of a number. And I would say, don't keep track of a number. I mean, unless you want to do a certain amount now, like 30 and 30 or 30 of subhanAllah. Unless you want to do that, I get that. But if someone's just doing open dhikr, then just do open dhikr. However what you do, you do. You get reward for whatever you've done. But um, don't, don't, the reason I say don't, don't keep track 
if you if you can avoid it, is so you don't you don't be afflicted with ujub. You don't be afflicted with um, uh, being surprised at yourself. So imagine you did a hundred dhikr today, tomorrow two hundred. By the end of the month, you've done like a thousand, uh, done dhikr a thousand times or two thousand times or three thousand times. Maybe, maybe I, there's even one. There's even one brother. He recorded himself doing doing saying la ilaha illallah for a whole hour on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it exists. People do dhikr record themselves doing dhikr and then put it on YouTube. Anyway, it's ikhlas, So, um, uh, yeah. Now, if you think you've done that, you might think to yourself, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. I'm a rajul and taqi. I'm a righteous man because, I do, I, because I've done, look, look, I have hours of dhikr I've done. I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of adhkar every day so much i'm subhanallah I'm, I've, I've i've won i've done something i've achieved um that would be the worst case that would be the worst thing to happen to you one of the worst things that can happen to a believer especially a believer who tries his best to be a good one the worst thing that can happen to him is if he if is if he is amazed with himself that, that is the destroyer of deeds and so i guess that's answered no, I don't know how you do it. Answer live. I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, um, how do we attain sincerity in everything we do? Um, sincerity is an internal thing. It is something you have to work on, not something that happens overnight. Um, there are certain things you can do, like certain mental things that we can, I guess, believe or acknowledge or learn. And that is... Um, the reality of the dunya, like I said, matar al So if you are doing things for, the, for, the, for the, the praise of people, then you need to recognize that the praise of people means nothing. If you want to do something so you can get a good job or, or marry a certain woman and you do this and other, realize that all those things mean nothing. So I guess from sincerity is to recognize that this dunya is matar al That's one thing, many things you could do, but that's, I guess, one thing you can do. Oh, it's the best way to protect yourselves from miswas. <clears throat> um, ignore it. Classic one. Um, it's often, often, people ask me quite often, actually, about miswas. They tell me about their wudu, that they do it over and over again. And miswas, 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 miswas is a psychological disorder, uh, behavioral disorder, can be remedied. The remedy is to ignore it, i.e. build new habits that replace old habits. And the old habit being that you don't trust your own senses. It takes a while, but um, it can, ha it, it, you, 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 it, it's basically just what I just said. As my Sheikh Suleiman Rahayli mentioned, that when it comes to advising people, there is advice for the everyday man and there's the advice for the muwasfis. The person who's miswas, his situation is different from everybody else's. So if someone had doubt that he's done wudu, I would say do wudu again. If someone has doubt that he has done wudu and he's muwasfis, ignore the doubts. So the cure for miswas is, and that doesn't sound very convincing, especially if you're muwasfis. If you're muwasfis, that's the least convincing thing to say. Do nothing. Because their whole 
sickness is to do something over and over again. So telling them to, to not do it is difficult, but try, have sabr. If you washed your arm and you think you haven't done it, you've done it. If you've prayed so long, I think you haven't done it properly, you've done it. So wiswas is literally do the opposite whatever your wiswas told you to do. As long as you're more Swiss. If you're not more Swiss, then, then you're like everybody else. That is the, the primary cure for Wiswas is to ignore the Wiswas. Is it permissible to fast on Friday if one is fasting like the fast of Dawood on alternate days? Um, they do say, the Rima say that you shouldn't fast on Friday unless you've done a day before or day after. Um, but that obviously also includes fasts for a purpose. For example, if Ashura uh, or whatnot falls on a Friday and other things like that, then that's the exception to the rule. We're talking about the, the prohibition of fasting Friday is I want to fast today. No apparent reason I'm going to fast today. Don't do it this Friday. But if there is a particular purpose of fasting, for example, you're doing a day, not a day, a day, not a day, and it happens that this particular week it will fall on a Friday, then it is what it is. Why are you fasting on Friday? Because I do it every other day. So it's not because it's a Friday. It's because I do it every other day. And if in doubt, then not do it at all. <coughs> what is uh, a permissibility of women visiting the graves? This is old ikhtilaf. The Hanab say women shouldn't visit the graves. And uh, other ulama say that um, they can, but don't do it frequently. Um, so it kind of depends on which direction you're leaning, if you're doing a lean towards the Hanabila or not. Um, uh, me personally, I would lean towards the, the, the call of the Hanabila. Um, but there are notable scholars who have opposite opinion, like Sheikh Albani says that Shlumi can visit the graves. But this is an old ikhtilaf, there's nothing new in that regards, nothing to be concerned with. I think that's, uh, I think that's it really. I don't think there's any more questions so far. Uh, thank you very much for having me today. And I hope you guys have benefited from the broadcast. And inshallah, um, may Allah protect you all from Ariya, from doing things out of um, wanting to show off. I ask Allah to give you all sincerity in our deeds so that we end up doing our good deeds for only for Allah's sake and Allah's sake alone. May Allah protect you from the problem. Uh, this pandemic of COVID-19 <clears throat> and uh, may Allah give you an abundance of risk at a time when risk is few and far between. I think that's it.